Hello, and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh, and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about Zombieland Double Tap, the sequel to 2009's Zombieland. And to talk about this one, I am very happy to be once again joined for a Halloween-ish episode by my friends, Adam Lichtenstein and Kayla Mead. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. I love Halloween, so yay, we're on for Halloween again. Not quite a scary movie this time, but you no, know, I the idea it... zombies freaks some people out. Yeah, I, 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 you, you, even made, you made that connection right before I came, because it's not like a spooky Halloween type of thing, like Halloween, which we talked about probably about exactly this time last year. And uh, but it because I mean it's such a comedy and it has zombies, but like in a way I think the movie kind of shifts its focus away from the zombies in a way that's pretty smart. So for the uninitiated, uh, Zombieland picks up. I don't know if it pick. I don't know if it's like actually in real time or not, but I guess it kind of is maybe. But the this came out about exactly ten years after the first Zombieland movie, which you know starred Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, and Abigail Breslin. At the time that came out, Woody Harrelson and Abigail Breslin were uh, Oscar nominees, and then sometime within a few years of that, both Jesse Eisenberg and Emma Stone were too. So this like retroactively became like an even more loaded cast. And that movie had like no speaking parts aside from those four, a very brief appearance by Amber Heard and Bill Murray in like one of the most epic cameos of all time. And then this one unsurprisingly expands the cast. You know, Woody Harrelson plays Tallahassee, Jesse Eisenberg plays Columbus, Emma Stone plays Wichita, and Abigail Breslin plays Little Rock. And uh, Little Rock is Wichita's little sister. Uh, Wichita and Columbus kind of got together as a couple at the during the events of the first one, and it picks up with them there. But, you know, Little Rock... Uh, she hasn't seen a boy her own age in over 10 years, so she's obviously a little disgruntled and wants to kind of venture out from the family. And Wichita and Little Rock get a little tired of life because Wichita is a little spooked when Columbus proposes to her. And Little Rock, being disgruntled, uh, runs away from Wichita after they leave and runs off with a kind of stoner-looking dude, hippie-looking guy. And then we're kind of off as they kind of want to go track her down. Uh, guys, I guess I'll first ask you, uh, were you guys fans of the first Zombieland? And are you like very engaged in zombie entertainment? Because it's like a big thing. I don't know if I've ever talked with you about The Walking Dead. I don't know if you're fans of that at some point. This movie makes some meta jokes about that. And it's just like since this came out, this came out in 2009. And that was like right when The Walking Dead like kind of took off, you know. And like I think The Walking Dead premiered like in around 2010 or 11. So it was kind of like a little bit of a boost for that kind of thing Shaun of the Dead or Dawn of, Shaun of the Dead had come out before then but I've kind of had like a lot of zombie type of stuff is this like I know you guys kind of like horror but is this a genre that interests you guys I don't know uh Adam where, where are you on like your zombie level of interest I'm I'm not quite as in on zombies as I was say about five years ago uh I was a big Walking Dead fan for a while uh, but the show when did, when, when did you jump ship? Because I jumped ship on The Walking Dead around season five. Apparently it got good again this year, but I mean, who has the time to go back and watch five seasons of a show? Yeah, not me. I jumped off, I want to say around season seven after Negan got introduced and after he was the big bad for a little while. But um, I didn't see the end of Negan's arc. So I think I jumped off around the end of season seven. I just like, I just stopped watching it. I was like, oh, it's a new season of The Walking Dead. And I just like didn't care enough to to put it on. Like I, it, would, it would like sit on the TiVo for a while. And then I was like, Eh, I'm not going to watch this. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, Kayla, what about you? Were you kind of w- right there with Adam for that? Or, like, are you just what kind of, like, did you just like the first Zombieland? So you're like, all right, I'll go see Zombieland Double Tap. Uh, actually, I'm a little more into the zombie genre than Adam is, surprisingly. Really? 
Um, well, like, yeah, he looks surprised. He, I don't think he realized it, but I used to watch The Walking Dead and I kind of fell off. I don't remember where I fell off of it, but I've watched the entirety of iZombie. Oh, I forgot about uh, iZombie, which I've always heard yeah, people say is good. And I intend to watch it's it. It's really well. good. I thoroughly enjoy it. And then I've also watched like Z Nation on sci-fi. So it's, it's really interesting to me, like how The Walking Dead brought in, you know, the idea of a virus and how it infects and stuff like that. But like personally, I'm more into lighthearted comedy zombie instead of less like, you know, eat your face off. Well, I think what's I interesting. Like, I enjoy Zombieland. I enjoy like, you know, the eye zombie and how it's, oh, a virus that infected or Z nation where there's the humor of it. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Know. I zombie is kind of like a comedy too, but the, 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 the main character is a zombie, right? Yes. And she's, but she's actually like a, a person that has like a sentient being, correct? Yes. Yeah. So okay. That's what a I thought. Different, different aspect to that. But no, I've always loved zombie movies. Like what? Like De- Dawn of the dead, day of the dead. Like, yeah, I don't know. They all have so Dawn many like dead. different, names that are the same Shaun of the dead's probably you know one of my top horror comedy movies like i thoroughly thoroughly enjoy that i just think of the scene um i can never remember the actress's name but i think of her as harriet jones prime minister from doctor who and that we're yeah. like oh do your zombie face and she's just sitting there like yeah. i enjoy that kind of humor like in zombie land the first one when they had Bill Murray pretending he's the zombie, like, hilarious. Mm-hmm. I also want to say, I, in addition, um, I love tw- 28 Days Later. is one of, my, one of my favorite horror movies that I actually probably should watch. I haven't watched it uh, for, I haven't watched it in a long time. And also World War Z, the book, not the movie. The movie's not very good. In my opinion, the book is phenomenal, though. Well, you guys sound like you're actually more well-versed in this stuff than me. The one, the one thing I wanted to say, just based on all of the different properties that you just threw out there, that I think is just interesting about like zombie entertainment in general is that they just come in so many different forms of zombies. You know, I think like you know, Shaun, both Shaun of the Dead, but also you know, Walking Dead. They have like these. Um, the, the zombies are actually themselves. They're only scary in numbers, not individually, because they're just, you know, very uh, – they're just mindless, and they just kind of uh, slurk, slink around, and they're there, and then they'll try and eat you if you get close enough. But they're pretty easy to kill if you have, like, a weapon on you and they're one-on-one. They're not really going to be that ag- that that aggressive or anything like that. Uh, one of the interesting things about Zombieland, which I did like when I when I first saw it, uh, was that, like, these these zombies were, like, super athletic. They could jump fences and stuff. And just like in, just like in twenty just like in twenty eight days later. Yeah, but they're also but they're but they're still kind of mindless or, or single minded. But then well, but in this new movie, they kind of talk about that exactly. They talk that, about those different form, you know, forms or types of zombies. Right. So they still have the Homer, which is what they call it, which is dumb. But they have other kinds that are maybe a little smarter, but you can the just pull a trick. I think that was that was that the, what they were the hawking that they're smarter, but they you could just kind of pull a trick on them. Yeah, there was the Homer, which were like chasing butterflies. Yeah. Then you had the Hawking, which thought you could get one over, but they adapt. You know, they use some kind of like instinctual intellect. Then you had the Ninja, which were the quiet, stealthy ones. And then you had the new one that they see, they call which it was TX eight hundred eventually, right? Yeah, the like T eight hundred named after the Terminator. 
Right. So they, I kind of, I, I mean, I knew they, they had to do something a little different because, I mean, yeah, we like these characters, but I wanted to do something a little different. And, and, but like, I, I'm fine that they stopped short of doing something like, like an eye zombie or one of my personal favorites. I don't know if you guys saw it was Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, which is, yes, a, which is a, a I have 2016. Well, did you see the movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the movie like I, got, was did not get great reviews, but I think it's like really underrated, and it well, did exactly what it wanted Lily to do. James, and it's hilarious. And we know how you feel about Lily James. I mean, I love Lily James. That was my introduction to Lily James, but it also had Matt Smith in like an incredibly funny mm-hmm. role. Like I, yeah, and was he was just hilarious in that, and had the uh, you know had the appearances from like the Game of Thrones people like Charles Dance and Lita Headey, and I just thought it was super underrated. It was a spoof in like the perfect way, and I thought it accomplished exactly what it set out to do, and was hilarious. And uh, for some reason, like it just didn't catch on with the critics, but like and that one like the zombies were like just alive like everyone else basically and just super deceitful so that was just like another spin on it and i'm like i don't know if i need them to make the zombies like real people to that extent as interesting as i do find that in certain settings because you have such interesting people here so like I like just seeing these characters in the Zombieland movie interact and see how they deal with how they deal with the problems presented by this apocalypse and the zombies and now some other characters from outside of the group that was so tight knit in the first movie. So Kayla, I'll start with you. How did you ultimately think Zombieland Double Tap did in being entertaining and uh, setting itself apart from its predecessor? Well, for my ultimate movie rating system, I did not go to the bathroom once. Well, so it was it only like an hour and 39 funny. minutes or, but is that, that's not saying, but like that never stops you as I guess is what you're saying. normally. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't stop me. Um, no, but saying that it kept, kept me engaged the entire time. I wasn't, you know, if I got a notification on my watch, I wasn't looking at it because I was there and I was thoroughly enjoying the movie. Like it had so many great elements that just, you know, keeps you in. Mm-hmm. And if you're familiar with the first one, you see so many of the running jokes that, you know, it really, it really kept you in. Cause you're like, Oh, that's from the first movie. I'm so glad they brought that back. And they did, it was very meta too. They did comment a lot on the first movie and just the fact that you were sitting in a theater. So I kind of, I think that kind of kept it uh different and fresh. Cause they're like, all right, we're going to step outside the box here a little bit and keep uh, commenting on things like that. Uh, Adam, did it hold your attention as well? Yeah, it did. I, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. It was really funny. I, it's always a problem with like, you know, when they reboot or like, you know, do a sequel to a movie like a little bit later on, you know, you got to be a little worried. OK, like, is it actually going to live up to the first one? Is it just kind of a cash grab? Uh, but it wasn't. It was it was really funny. It was really good. That can cut, that can cut both ways, because sometimes I'm like, you know, why would they revisit something so beloved this long after the fact unless they had a really good idea? And I don't know if there was like a good idea of like a super unique plot. But I thought they had like a good enough script where it was like, all right, they're making me laugh, and that's all that really that's all that really counts at the end of the day. But at the same time, like it still has like some pretty good action. And we were talking about these different levels of zombies before, and how like you know in, in some of these movies, like they have the zombies that can just kick ass a little more, for lack of a better term. And I think that at least having it level up with a greater level of zombie for in this movie just allows for some more interesting cool action set pieces that you're not just you're just not going to get in the walking dead where it's just people just stabbing zombies through the eyes over and over again 
Uh, and I, I, I just think that that kind of created an opportunity for it to kind of set itself apart. Even if there was some good action in the first one, this is like, oh, well, here's some new different kind of stuff here. And you get to kind of see how they've uh, developed some like some their own language with how to deal with these people over time. And, you know, I don't know when the last time I had watched Zombieland was, but like I, I, I kind of realized pretty soon in like, OK, they have like a really good grasp of like who these characters are. And maybe I haven't watched Zombieland in like four or five years, but I kind of get it. And another funny thing that I thought thought spoke to how well the movie still handles these characters and how well it knows its characters was that I was leaving the movie with my uh, friend Ryan and uh, his girlfriend Laura and as we're walking out Lauren says I realized 20 minutes in I'd never seen Zombieland like she thought she had when he invited her and I think she got it she got it confused with Adventureland because that was a Jesse Eisenberg movie that came out at around the same time and has land in the name and even largely takes place in an amusement park uh, like Zombieland did. And so, but like, she still really enjoyed it a lot. And I think that was largely because like, you don't really have to have seen the first to enjoy this one. Like, yeah, they make references to it, but I still think it works if you just don't have that one fresh in your head or haven't seen it just because I think you quickly get a sense of like who these people are and what they've been through and the challenges that they faced. Yeah, I agree. I definitely don't think you would need to see the first one to, to, you know, enjoy this movie. But I think you need to see the first one to truly appreciate all the little, you know, zingers in there. Yeah, and everyone should see the first one anyway because the first one's a classic. It's a great movie. I mean, we're literally, literally watching it this afternoon. Oh, okay. Well, that, I'm glad it's even fresher in your head because then I'll, I'll ask you about some of your uh, favorite nuggets from what it did. But just, I mean, I, I assume you guys like that cast in the first one. And I think the obviously the biggest difference from this is that they're like expanding it. They had a cast where it was like basically five of the six speaking roles are like all Oscar winners. And it, so it's a kind of, a, you have so much talent there. You add something new to the equation. What do you think of some of these new characters? Because uh, Zoe Deutsch has always been a personal favorite of mine and doing something like Dumb Blonde, that could go really wrong. But I thought she was pretty darn hilarious and maybe, like, almost stole the movie out from under everyone else. I thought Adam was going to pee his pants. He was laughing so hard at some of her scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was – I was dying laughing. I can't think of any in particular off the top of my head. But, yeah, I was, was like – I was cracking up the entire time. She, like, yeah, kind of stole every every scene she was in. Yeah, and I guess I'm, I, I'm going to contradict what I just said a little bit a minute ago. And, I, I mean, I don't necessarily take it back that, like, you have a really good sense of who these characters are. But aside from just any quick callback jokes, I think what's so great about her character, and while it's very predictable that Wichita is going to come back soon after uh, she hooks up with Columbus, uh, if you really remember the first movie and just the kind of person Wichita is, and while, yes, they do kind of set the scene with how she's just a little more uh, stoic and emotionless uh, within her relationship and uh, maybe a little cold. You just know that her personality is going to clash uh, so much with Madison, and it, it's just very exciting to like have to watch them deal with her. And the- I mean, they didn't make it subtle at all. Bright pink jumpsuit and blonde hair, mm-hmm. in contrast to dark hair, dark clothes. Like it wasn't a secret. <laughs> no, and but like I, I don't know. I just thought she like fully owned it and there's a it's like the best possible performance of a one note character and she is just like so exuberant and over the top and has lived such a different life and is just she's just so confident in all of her delivery of just like oh yeah everything's gonna be fine all right guys you ready and just so oblivious in like the most effective way to some people that have had to have been 
anything but oblivious. I mean, yeah, it's probably not realistic that she could just survive in a pinkberry freezer for 10 years. I mean, if they're stocked up on yogurt, I guess there's better ways to, there are worse ways to live. But the fact that like she did it, that's all that really matters. And she just has not had the same hardship as everyone else. And it was just hilarious every time she said something like tone deaf about what they were going to do. And I, I, I just, I just cracked up severely. Yeah, no, she was, she was excellent. Yeah. And that's, I mean, Zombieland's a kind of movie like, you don't I mean, don't think about it too hard. Like, who cares? She survived. She survived in a pinkberry freezer for however many years. Like, sure. Yeah, the zombies evolved. Sure, whatever. I mean, it's like it's a it's a comedy. It's like the movie doesn't. You don't need to think too hard about it. No, no, no. And I mean, it was just uh, it was just really funny. And then like she had the, I, I I really enjoyed the rant like about uh, hey maybe one day we'll just get into strangers' cars. And because <laughs> that Uber moment, because you, you realize, oh, yeah, the first one came out in 2009. None of us really even knew uh, any any ride sharing service is just in its infancy at that point. So it kind of makes sense that they've been in the apocalypse since like 2007 or 2008. Like, yeah, this is kind of this actually kind of makes sense. And it was just like a, a really hilarious moment to see them react to her. And it's just like a, it's a fun joke for the audience to just kind of get that the characters don't even get. And I, I, I just thought that was a very, a very clever sequence to have that character be the one to deliver that monologue i don't know i think her funniest moment in my opinion yeah is when um she like goes to start like hooking up with columbus and then she was like we're doing this where i'm like fucking the old guy (laughs) and i was just like okay hon you thirsty yeah but that's real funny yeah i mean you've been locked away for 10 years and i i mean it was it's kind of funny just because i mean jesse eisenberg's like He's just like this squirrely looking dude. Awkward guy. He's not your traditional handsome Hollywood leading man like Woody Harrelson might have been back in the day. So it's just kind of funny that like Woody Harrelson, who, who still looks good for like 58 or 59 years old or whatever he is, though, is just being like derisively referred to as old dude. Whereas Jesse Eisenberg, who's not especially young, he's like older than people think. He's like 36 in real life. Really? Like, yeah, he's, he's actually like a little older than most people would think. But still, it's like, yeah, you're like the young strapping fella and Woody Harrelson. That's just the old dude, which is just like a funny joke that I that I just got uh, I, I just got a kick out of. But yeah, uh, I, I, I also enjoyed the setting of the White House. It was kind of fun. I, I you know I listened to a, the interview with the director earlier where he's like, yeah, I don't know. We weren't trying to make any big statements or anything by placing it there. But it is kind of ironic when you think of like where the country was in 2009 uh, versus like where we are now. And you see the White House in great decay. That was some interesting visual imagery. I can. Uh, some might say the White House is currently in great decay. Let's not get into this. Let's talk about Zombie Land. Some, hey, some might say. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying visually. You know. I even aside from that. Like even if the movie wasn't trying to send a greater message, I kind of thought about that for just a split second. But just overall, like it's really cool production design. How many times have we seen the White House in pop culture? I mean, countless times, more than all of the times. Right. So it's like really cool to like actually see a version of that that is just purposely so different and looks really interesting in that way uh or and then you see uh, various presidential paintings getting used for other purposes was just like a funny oh, covered with post-its i like i like i like I, I used i used the portrait of, of uh, taft as a wrapping paper he yeah was a there's, most of it. there's lots of wrapping there's lots of paper <laughs> i mean i mean it was it, it was just kind of a funny thing where it's like this is like a zombie movie but they thought that like they were to mind the white house production design or the white house uh decor interior design for like funny production design gags which was just like very clever and 
in my opinion. But uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that was I mean that was really only just a part of the movie. But like, I just want to shout that out because the movie we've seen post-apocalyptic. I'm 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 pretty sure this movie filmed in Georgia. I know the first one did um, filming. Yeah, in Atlanta, The Walking Dead fi- only films in Georgia. So it's like to give us something visually that we haven't seen before exactly is when the walking dead has been on for like 10 seasons, uh, in a zombie apocalypse movie is like really cool. And I guess they were able to do that with that and the Graceland sequence. And obviously the, the whole Babylon place. So I just thought the movie gave us some cool visual looks, but I mean, as far as the going back to the family for a second, what did you guys think of just those family dynamics? If you're a little more immersed in the plot points and the relationships from the first movie, from what I did, how did you think they handled like, you know, little rock going out on her own and then everyone kind of reacting accordingly? I mean, it's a family dynamic. Like, Woody Harrelson is obviously the patriarch. Then you have um, Jesse Eisenberg and Emma Stone, you know, kind of being like the older couple. But then you have a teenager who's ready to leave the nest. But the problem is everywhere that's not the nest has killer zombies. And it's just not safe. But, like, you know, it really talks about sticking together like, they're like, okay, sure, she wants to go out and do her own thing, but she's with someone who's not safe, so, like, this is not okay. Because it was one thing when it was Wichita and Little Rock went off. They're like, okay, they'll be fine. They'll be safe. Like, they, they know how other. to handle themselves. They have each other. But then, you know, there was the whole scene, because I don't think you said it yet, spoiler alert, there was the whole scene there where, like, oh, he's a pacifist, and Woody Harrelson just goes into this huge tirade, like, knocking stuff over. Like, yeah, he doesn't have guns. He's a pacifist. He just and has a guitar. He has a guitar. He's from Berkeley. He's from, he's from Berkeley. Berkeley. Remember, like, when Berkeley sounds, someone could say yeah. the word Berkeley with such disgust. I know. But it's, like, it talks about just that, like, safety where it's like, okay, our family needs to be safe. And so, like, that's why they went after her. Yeah, I mean, I don't I just thought that, like, again, I think it's cool that, like, they've established this family so well that the zombies in a zombie apocalypse movie don't even have to be a source of conflict for like large parts of it there's not really any fear when they're at the uh when they're at the trailer park or uh or, or trying to get the motorhome off the side of the freeway that like those zombies are actually going to kill them you know it's like until they're not really a threat till the end and i thought i just think these characters are just well enough written that you know they can serve that their internal conflicts can serve as the main conflict for like so much of this movie uh and that that's what i really appreciate uh adam uh what did what how how did you think the movie kind of like just handled that middle section just in general where they're like kind of you know going off to like track her down at graceland and then all of a sudden we're like introduced to some other characters uh what how did you think the movie kind of executed itself up until that final act I thought it was good. I, I enjoyed the little side trip down to Graceland. Uh, like you said, you know, it's a, it's you know it's a good movie, a good zombie movie when the uh, the personal relationships can carry it instead of just you know zombie killing action. Uh, although zombie killing action was a lot of fun, but no, I, I just I really liked it. I thought the middle section was done really well. Uh, I like where the part when they go to the uh, the Elvis themed uh, hotel and they run into you know their their doppelgangers who are basically them in personality and looks, which was hysterical um that whole part was just was fantastic well i'm glad you brought that part up because one of the that was just like a pleasant surprise where it was like a clever 
decision in the screenplay where I just thought they were going to hate each other. And, like, there was maybe a little bit of that with, uh, you know, with uh, Albuquerque, like, having a, a past with uh, Nevada and, obviously, her and uh, Tallahassee having had a thing. But, like, when uh, – what, what was it? Uh, Flagstaff uh, mm-hmm. and Columbus have their – back and forth about their rules. I thought Rule it was first amendment. Right. Well, yes, yes, yes. Let me apologies to Flagstaff for that. <laughs> but they I thought it was going to turn into a dick measuring contest uh for better or worse. I just thought they were going to like get really competitive and instead it just turned into this like weird respect and Columbus was so impressed with him and maybe like critiqued him here or there for having one rule higher than the other but was overall like really impressed and like admired him and uh and was even like giving him a shout out like at the end of the movie I think. I don't remember the context exactly but he's like Oh yeah, that one—that one's for Flagstaff or something like that. Where he just like genuinely had like quickly found a friend, and I just thought that was a cool trick. Where I thought like a more, more predictable thing for the do for them to do it, it just had them be like super jealous of each other. I thought it was a little bit. It was, it was a little bit competitive, like not like overly competitive, where it's like it's ridiculous. It wasn't, like, it wasn't hostile though. It was like, yeah, respectful. yeah, it was compa- yeah, re- respectful competitiveness. Right. I guess it maybe maybe it was a dick measuring contest. I don't know, but like it was a pissing contest. Sure, but <laughs> like they, they 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 it wasn't like they developed any animosity towards each other right. necessarily it was more like oh yeah. what, what 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 have you accumulated here what have you gotten there and i i, I just th- i just thought it was really funny and i guess very good casting i mean i don't know if you guys are that familiar thomas middleditch if you watch silicon valley or not yeah uh, no uh- that was a plus like casting there. Yeah. More so than like Luke Wilson and like Woody Harrelson having to be doubles. Like, yeah, maybe they, he got, maybe Luke Wilson kind of got the personality, right. But like Thomas Middleditch and Jesse Eisenberg, I don't think you could do better than that. And like, I just thought it was very funny and you know, I, it was a funny joke that like could have gone on too long, but I think it like went on past too long to the point where I was like, okay, this is kind of hilarious. Just hearing all these different ways of saying these different rules and all that. But yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It was just like super funny. I don't think I ever went more than like, you know, five minutes without laughing. If that, or that's probably like super long, like more than like two minutes without laughing. Like it just doesn't take itself too seriously. You're still invested in this family. Yeah. I don't know. I I just, I just had a, I just had a lot of fun uh, watching them. Were there any other, before I, before we get to the end, uh, I just talk about that final scene, Kayla, were there any like other specific moments that you're thinking of when you're talking about fun callbacks to the first one that you really appreciated? Okay, well, first of all, there was not nearly enough conversation about Twinkies. True. Because in the first movie, because we were rewatching it today, and I was like, Isn't that like basically uh, liking Twinkies is Tallahassee's personality? Liking like like liking Twinkies is more is more Tallahassee's personality in the first movie than like being the anti pacifist he is in this one. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm like thinking back, I'm like, man, there's not nearly enough Twinkies. (laughs) But like um, well, no, there's like those little moments where, um, with the three, like how on every single vehicle he got on, um, like in the movies, he's all painted the number three Dale Arnhardt on it. Uh, one thing that I noticed today and it clicked for me was the minivan. So how he's so aggressive towards this minivan in Zombieland 2. In the first movie, he takes a crowbar and smashes all the windows for this one minivan. And it was, you know, the rule of enjoy the little things or, you know, let off some steam like that. But it was him being very aggressive towards this minivan. And now in the second movie, his only mode of transportation 
is a minivan. So he's constantly like kicking it or like, you know, moving the mirrors or something. Yeah. There wasn't any reason for them to like get an ice cream truck or whatever he's turned his nose up at. Like, there's no reason that would be better than a minivan, but he was like adamant on not being in the minivan. Yeah, exactly. And then the first movie, it's him like busting the windows of a minivan. And I was like, okay, that's, that's a good one. I appreciate that. Yeah. Do you guys think uh, Emma Stone was given enough to do in this movie? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I feel like they kind of actually no. You know, I think she, I think she had enough to do. I actually now I think about it, I, I think you know she did a good job in her role, and I, I think it was fine. I don't. I can't really like. I mean, I, when you first mentioned it, I'm like, eh, maybe not. But I mean, I think she would. I think she was, you know, part of an ensemble cast, and you know. Yeah, I guess that's part, I guess that's part of it. It's like you're used to seeing her like now like lead movies or like I mean she was technically a supporting actress in The Favorite, but you know that was like just a big Oscar showy role where she got to like do a lot of different things and like has arguably become the biggest star out of everyone in this movie. So I've kind of like gone back and forth on that point myself, where I was like I kind of respect it when actors that are of that caliber are willing to just go be part of like a bigger ensemble like that. Like you know like you're never gonna see Leonardo DiCaprio go be like equal parts with like three other people in a movie. It's just, like, not what he's going to do or something like that. So I guess it's almost disorienting to see her, like, not be, like, the super big focus of the movie because she's now, like, a, like a, a famous movie star that's, like, the top of everything, whereas when she was in the first Zombieland, no one had seen her do anything besides the, her part in Superbad. So it an just, iconic role. An iconic role in Superbad. Yes. Like, it, it, <laughs> it, 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 like you just kind of knew, like, oh, she's going to be a star. I'm sure it gave a lot of you feelings because both of you were teenage boys at that point. Sure, and like if, uh, <laughs> if if like fat ass Jonah Hill can like uh, impress a girl like her, then you know there's hope for the rest of us, right? But uh, <laughs> but but no, but that, that was like the only that was that that was kind of like what got her this movie. So it was like that was like a big role for her at the time. Whereas now it's like, huh? Like, should someone of her talents like have most of her time spent being like kind of jealous of this dumb blonde and having to talk about how she she's like she made a mistake and she like shouldn't have been like that and she needs to like love him more and i I, is she not allowed to do a fun movie like maybe that's what it is she's done so i don't know i'm totally assuming but she's done a lot of serious roles lately maybe she was excited to do something a little more lighthearted and silly about being jealous over a dumb blonde with a nut allergy no definitely that's her trail mix yeah i know like the 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 favorite uh i I didn't watch maniac but apparently that was intense uh she was you know the billy jean king movie that was like uh, battle of the sexes like that's obviously some pretty heavy stuff too so i don't blame her if she wants to just go have some fun i was just wondering like could she have like just had a little more screen time i don't know but like if she wants to like go shoot guns and shit like good for her and like i i like i said i respect the fact that someone's like you know not like doesn't need to like be the 100 percent center of attention in every movie i just kind of thought like well it did seem like i could have seen a little more of her and that was just a thought but like again all these are like really good actors and like there's like a there's like a floor to a movie when you have this many good actors and i just like i kind of appreciated them all being super willing to come back and that was just like something i i enjoyed uh lastly uh that that what did you guys think of the the movie as it got to like the the whole uh, Babylon thing at the end, because, I mean, you know, the the first movie takes place. It has that scene where, uh, I guess, Columbus is going to kind of rescue the girls at that um, at that amusement park. And this movie kind of probably wanted to, like, have their big finale, you know, be something even more exciting. And they have the combination of this Babylon setting where they have all kind of have to be creative because they don't have their guns. And also the T-800 uh, super zombies. And 
they have to get creative. Uh, how did you think they resolved that, Kayla? Well, if it wasn't for Rosario Dawson, they would have all died. You know, her rolling up with the monster truck mm-hmm. and doing donuts and just taking them out left and right. But, I mean, they had to get creative because they no longer had their guns. So that was good. But I had just – I get the point that they did the whole gauntlet so the pacifist can be the pacifist. But, like, if their T-800s are so smart, don't you think they would have realized that there were fingers coming out of the chain link fence? Like, it could have – easily just been everybody died are they supposed to be wait, i can't remember are they supposed to be smart or just like extra strong and fast both i think okay, okay. they're supposed to be like the terminator be able to adapt be faster oh, right, right, stronger right, right, right. be yeah. you know better hunters you know stuff like that there's a super zombie but it's like so these super fast zombies you can outrun them going up 80 flights of stairs and then they just run off the edge of the building instead of seeing all the people lining the space. Yeah, Adam, did you think they also maybe played a little fast and loose with the rules they'd already set out there? Yeah, probably. But like like I said earlier, it's Zombieland. It's not like a serious, you know, sci-fi movie. It's just a fun movie. So like, yeah, like you're like Kaylee, you're right. Like it probably wouldn't really work, but uh, who cares? What I one thing that kind of bothered me, and I realized this now when we were rewatching Zombieland a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. kind of a similar ending. Like, okay, you're running, there's zombies everywhere, da 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 da. Oh, and now there's a lot of zombies in one place, and you got to save the people. And like, okay, it's kind of a similar, similar thing. But when I was watching Zombieland two, like, I didn't, I didn't really care about that. I just enjoyed it. So, I mean, yeah, is it probably kind of the similar ending? Yes, but do I really care? Did it really affect how much I enjoyed the movie? No. No, yeah. But, but that's not the true ending. The true ending was the Bill Murray moment midway through the credits. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll go back to that quickly for one second. I'll just say one other thing I thought was uh, kind of uh, maybe something where, like, I wish our heroes had been a little smarter was before they went into Babylon in the first place. Like, they could have just, like— and they, they, they kind of make fun of him for blowing up the car right away. Like, that was silly. But, like, I was kind of like, you know, like, they could have just, like, left the guns outside with someone else then had someone, like, kind of go in and scope out the place before they actually did that. And so they just, like, all went in. So that was, like, maybe one thing they could have been a little smarter about. I don't know. Yeah, or, like, left them in the car. Right. That, 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 that too. And just locked the car. I don't know. But, yeah, so uh, what did you think? You, you were, How excited were you to see Bill Murray pop up again and then all of a sudden uh, – have to deal with the, uh, I guess, the Today Show turning into zombies on them? Yeah. So we had stood up because we're like, okay, the credits are going on. But then the moment Bill Murray came on screen, we both just like plop right back in (laughs) our seats. And, you know, it was in the first movie, once again, one of those callbacks said, you know, Bill Murray doesn't regret a lot of things in his life, but Garfield. Yeah, do you have any regrets? Uh, Garfield, maybe. Yeah, so there was that moment, but then you also had the Bill Murray moment earlier where they're like called it murraying. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, someone killed Bill. Someone just killed Bill Murray because he's dressed up as a zombie. And the joke of that is, it was Jesse Eisenberg. Right, right. Um, it was Columbus uh, who did that, and he's like, uh, let, "Let's just change the subject." I don't know. That doesn't sound real. Um, but it was just. It was one of those moments where I leaned over to Adam and I was like, 
do you think they even had to pay him for this? Or do you think he just enjoyed this? Well, like just Well, he's such like an enigmatic figure. I mean, you guys I'm sure like know the stories about how hard it is to actually get him to be in your movie. So it's like yeah. Well, the, he also does this thing where he just like pops up at parties. Right. So it's like But it's also like you have to call like a toll-free number basically at like a specific time of day and then hope you hear back from him after you leave a message. It's something along the lines of that to even get a hold of him in the first place. So if it's like if he liked doing it enough to be willing to come back from the sequel, it might have just been that he's like, hey, this is fun, and he might be that weird. So it's a pretty interesting thought on your part there. It's like he might have just been like, you don't even have to pay me more than like the SAG minimum or something like that. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure those were his own clothes. (laughs) But I know one thing that really made Adam giggle was after that scene happened and the credits were rolling. And because, you know, some of the people in there, it was like, oh, like Al Roker's in there. And he's, you know, everybody knows who Al Roker is. And it was like he was credited as journalist, Ah. just a journalist, Al Roker and like list of names. But it was just so funny because the way Bill Murray portrayed himself in that scene was like, oh, yeah, I knew this would happen. This is Garfield 3. Of course, everyone's like zombies now. So let me just take the chair. I'm going to enjoy this. Oh, hey, lady reporter, let me just put this poster of your head in BD, you know, and just so like blase about it. (laughs) Yeah, he's just a national treasure. Yeah, what was also cool was it like just having him pop up in the second in this one could have felt like you know, more gratuitous and just kind of, okay, look, they're just trying to play the hits and just trying to have an obligatory Bill Murray thing because the first one did. It could have just felt like, all right, this was wholly unnecessary. But, like, they went so all out with him and, like, how in him actually fighting and, like, getting up to, like, do a little bit of action, which is just not, not a mode you're used to seeing Bill Murray in. That like, it really felt like they got their money's worth from having him on set for however long they did. It's like, all right, you're going like, to get him to go all out with this, like, post credit scene and, like, really, really getting into it and the zombie killing itself. Whereas the first one, it was just kind of hopping him around a house. It's like, all right, well, or him hopping around a house. Like, this time they're like, all right, we're really going to, like, go for it, which was kind of cool. You know, I was, I was like, all right, we're going to do something a little different. And I appreciated that, like, they didn't just get him to come back just to, like, have him, like, have his head pop up. They're like, all right, we're really going to, like, go all out for a post credit scene in ways that, like, most movies don't or they just have bloopers or something, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, guys, any other points that I forgot to ask you about? Any other things you wanted to note about the movie? Uh, there was one line that I just remembered a few minutes ago that yeah. got me got me harder than probably like, got made me laugh harder than like anyone else in the theater when um when Madison's having when they think she's turning into a zombie and they're like you got to go kill her like, it's just the right thing to do and he's like all right time to go teach Lenny about the rabbits <laughs> and I I busted out laughing and only like I, I, I I'm not saying like oh I'm so smart I caught it and other people didn't because other people laughed too like, a lot of us but, read of mice and men in high school well yeah. I know that I was just like. <gasps> And I just I can't like, believe they went there. I just like I died laughing, and like everyone else was kind of like giggling, like chuckling a little bit, and I was just like hysterically laughing. No, and just no. how really she good came back, and she was just like, "Thanks for shooting over my head." <laughs> yeah, because like he didn't tell them that he did that, so that was mm-hmm. just like a funny moment where she's oblivious in the best possible way. And everyone, I, I don't think they gave him enough shit at that point, but you know, like good for him for realizing like it's not going to really change a thing if I shoot her in the head or not. I, I just thought it was like, of course they might assume someone's turning into a zombie, but like I, it, to me, I, I didn't even think that at first. I was like, she's having an allergic reaction. And yeah, that's, I mean, you saw the hives, like 
you know, the itching. It's like, that's an allergic reaction. Well, like, thing, like, how uh, do they not know this? Well, I thought maybe, I thought maybe they did know it was an allergic reaction, but they just like assumed that she was going to die because they didn't have an EpiPen or anything to stop it. So they're like, all right, well now she's going to die because she had an allergic or reaction. Because she, or because she was just annoying. Well, <laughs> that too. But um, uh, I guess my, my head didn't really go there because I was just having so much fun watching her. And I was like, when, they, when, when I thought they were going to kill her off, I was like, all right, well, I kind of get it. It's like, this is an epic, like, three scene performance from Zoe Deutsch and they're going to leave us wanting more of this character, but I do wish she was in more of this movie. And then she was back and I was happy. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't think I did the best job of like remembering specific lines as I would have liked. And there are a lot of funny ones. So, I mean, if there's anything else you guys want to shout out, feel free to do that. But is there a- oh. anything else uh, I didn't ask you about that you wanted to bring up? I have a question. Yeah. Not including the social network is zombie land slash zombie land to peak Jesse Eisenberg. Um, Social network is cheating because that's like that's the obvious answer. But I mean, he plays Jesse Eisenberg every time. He's just like very good at doing it in like different forms. I, I'm very fond of Adventureland as a movie. I don't know if you guys have seen that. No, yeah, that's a good one. You you have an Adam. He's like in love with he's in love with Kristen Stewart and he's working at an amusement park for a summer job. Yeah, so he's like a neurotic teen that's like kind of having to deal with this girl being like the first one he's like really had serious deep feelings for and I don't know I he's like he had an incredible three year run I mean he did this in two thousand nine and then I think Adventureland and and Zombieland and or no Zombieland two thousand nine Social Network two thousand ten and Adventureland also in twenty ten or in twenty eleven like it was. I just think that that run is like peak Jesse Eisenberg and, but like he's done a lot of other things. Like if you were to give, say what, what's your favorite? Like you're just like, yeah, social network's probably the obvious number one, but like, I think Adventureland asked him to do a little bit more as an actor than these movies do as much as I love these movies too. So I'd say like Adventureland is probably like the next peak Jesse Eisenberg one for me. And I'd highly recommend you watch that Adam. It's just like, a, it's a very funny movie, but also like really, really cuts deep too. But yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I'm just impressed that he's been able to like, he had the art of self-defense earlier this year too, or, you know, he, I, I didn't talk about that on this podcast, but you know, he plays like a guy that gets jumped and decides to start taking Taekwondo classes, but it turns into like a whole movie about toxic masculinity when he realizes like what's going on with the people that run this Taekwondo class or it's karate or Taekwondo. I, now I'm drawing a blank, but like, like, I don't know. He does his thing very well in many forms. Guys, that's I all will, we... Oh, yeah, go ahead, Aiko. One more. I will say that they did play more on adult humor in this movie than the last one. The last one felt more like a goofy teen movie, like, oh, awkward guy, like, really likes this girl, but it's also the zombie apocalypse. But, like, this one, they were just... I mean, the whole, I swear it was two minutes about being in her driveway. Mm. Like they were very obvious <laughs> about that, you know? And then you had the moments where the moment where, um, pink berry chick Madison, yeah. um, was like, yeah, well, if it's not you, it's the old guy. And, uh, there is just a lot more sex. Yes. Like they, there was a lot more sex, but there was like a lot more just adult jokes because they realized I mean, in 2009, I was, I was 17 and most of us who saw Zombieland round one, who care enough to see Zombieland round two, you know, we were teenagers then. So now it switches from like teenage humor to adult humor, but like that adult humor also being, well, you know, William Taft was the fattest president. So there's (laughs) still more wrapping paper left, you know, like a teenager, unless you're Adam, wouldn't find that funny 
you're a big old history nerd. Come on. Yeah, I think I think seventeen year old Adam gets that joke too. That's a fair cop. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's that more like, you know, more of the mature humor, mature moments. Like, I just want to smell candles for a little bit. That you know, felt, yeah. like, I felt that. No, well, that, that was kind of, it's like a cool, not super meta in the way that this movie keeps talking about the fact that you're watching a movie, but that was like an interesting thought. Like, how many times did you guys think during your time watching The Walking Dead, like, God, it must smell fucking awful there. But they never actually mentioned how awful it probably smells in The Walking Dead universe, but like, we're all thinking it. And I was like, oh yeah, like, we're always thinking about like scavenging for food and stuff when you're just like raiding malls or grocery stores or in the zombie apocalypse. But like, wouldn't you just want to grab a candle at some point? And that was like a cool little moment, like Kayla said. Yeah, so, I mean, I just think the humor is a little more, you know, adult because the people who are watching round one were teenagers and now they're adults and now appreciate things like, wow, I just want to, like, smell a candle. Yeah, and Abigail Breslin was, like, 12 when they filmed the first one, and now she's, like, straight up, like, an adult. So it's, like, you didn't even have any kids in the picture for this one to, like, you know... uh, Bring that down? Bring I get Yeah, for lack of a better term, just, like bring it down a level where there's not always going to be like an adult joke to be made given in, in any given conversation. Cause they're trying to keep it PG 13 for the little kid in the room. Probably. Uh, yeah, even, no, even they if were have not, to grow up. they yeah. were not shy with the cursing this time. Like, <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'd say we all recommend it. Uh, I mean, this is like a we're in like a weird part of the month where like, I think we're going to start slowly having other movies that have been in limited release come out over the next few weeks. But this is like this movie was short enough and good enough that Kayla didn't have to go to the bathroom, so it's not a huge time commitment for you guys. Well, I'm just saying, like we saw Midsummer; it's like two and a half hours long, and I went to the bathroom like four times. Well, this is a full so, hour shorter than Midsummer, but like you went to the bathroom four four less times, so that says something about the quality of the movie, but also the length of the movie. Uh, while we're getting deep into Oscar season now. And there's going to be movies that are going to get nominated for Oscars coming out basically every week now through the first couple of weeks of January. Uh, I still think this is one that's worth making time for. And it's literally only like an hour and 33 minutes when you take out the credits. Any, anything else to add, guys? Oh, I also did like the joke where, where Burke was going to pass off a Bob Dylan song as his own, which got a nice chuckle out of me. Yes, also something that like uh, Adam would get way easier than I would get, but I still appreciated the joke because, of course, someone would try and like pull that jo- joke on like a younger woman that he's creeping on. And then, then she's like, even 12-year-olds know who Bob Dylan is. <laughs> well, I'm 28, and I didn't even recognize the Bob Dylan song right away. Um, oh, no. I'm just, I'm just bad at music, though. Uh, okay, you just need to come over and listen to records, apparently. We'll throw it back. Yeah, make it happen. yeah. Adam, do you have any uh, anything you want to plug before we sign off? Uh, just my Twitter account. You can follow me on Twitter at AB Lichtenstein. Uh, keep up with all of my high school sports in South Florida and also random other stuff. And the Yankees. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, let's not, <laughs> let, I, please respect my That was me. <laughs> that, that, that was uncalled for. I, I cheer for a team that's like in, that had just had to hire the Yankees, like national scouting planner. Cause they're so inept. I, but, uh, I would very much like to be excluded from this narrative. Yeah. Uh, Kayla, you want to plug anything yourself or are you a blank slate as usual? Uh, well, just like with Halloween coming up, if you have trick or treaters, just like be sensitive to those with different communication needs, because some may not be able to say trick or treat and may really want that candy, or they may be, you know, sensitive for one thing or another. Adam, stop laughing at me. This is my livelihood. No, Kayla, 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 no, this is a really good, cool tip. 
no, no, I'm laughing, slapping at it. just some might really want that candy. Like, okay, I get that. <laughs> well, yeah. Kay, Kay no, was, Kay was like, a speech language pathologist by trade, so she knows what she's talking about here. Yeah, so there may be some kids out there who, you know, can't quite say it or it doesn't quite sound like how you expect. You know, they may have different needs. So, you know, be sensitive. You may have a kid who's 19 who has autism, but he still wants to dress up and go trick-or-treating. Like, you know, just be kind. People are different and they communicate differently. And, you know, kids are out to get candy and have a fun time. So be nice. That blows the hell out of me just plugging my Twitter account. Yeah, that's way more useful, and I appreciate you taking the opportunity to do something useful on my podcast, aside from us just talking about a zombie movie, because, you know, our friend Fred, like, kind of started turning that section of the podcast in, like, recommendation corners, since he does, he's not big on social media either, so he just, like, recommends something he was watching, but I also like the idea of just having it be a PSA, if someone thinks someone has a PSA that they want to say. So, um, as usual, I'm Josh Jernavoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y on Twitter. Uh, the podcast Twitter is the Rewind Movie Pod. The email is rewindmoviepod at gmail.com. Coming up next week, we're going to have a podcast on both Steven Soderbergh's The Laundromat and Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse starring Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. So I'm very happy to talk about that with our friend Elijah. So everyone stay tuned for that and obviously keep tuning in for throughout the rest of award season. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Happy Halloween!